There it is. Alright, moving on. Did the microphone drink, I've been a sports fan my entire life because all of my friends are horrible people. Yes, Cam had a very bad game. Can we get that on tape? Get that overrated piece of crap out of this conversation. <laughs> are you sure you want this on tape? That's what I was transitioning to. Big time Timmy Jim Chris Sale, Bartello Cologne. A lot of tears and a lot of beers. I can't argue with anything you say. Hello and welcome to another episode of Late Night Shots. Chris and Alex tonight. How's it going, buddy? Shouldn't we get rid of the Cam argument now? Uh, probably. Because he's not even playing anymore. He's he's done. Well, we don't know where he is. We can wait and see where he goes in the <laughs> offseason and what happens. And then we probably should redo the intro, though. It's, it's been, I think we've had this one longer than we had the first one. So it's been a while. Yeah. And you've probably been on half-ish of the episodes now? Maybe. Somewhere around there. <laughs> yeah, we can do a new intro. That just means I have to set one up, though. I got to figure out how to do that. Anyway, we didn't record last week because of the weather, and it was kind of hard to get together and record. Yes, it was. Yeah. And I was working. <laughs> you were working a lot. That <laughs> sounded like it sucked. Yes, it did. <laughs> um, I'd much rather be here. Yeah. <laughs> so would I. <laughs> Weird. Uh, yeah. Talking sports, and well, I don't have any beers tonight, but. Yeah. We'll make up for it another time. <laughs> Um, so we're going to start off with a mulligan, and this one happened just last night on the 21st. We're recording on a Wednesday this week. College basketball. We don't talk about college basketball too much, especially with Landon not here because he's kind of the college guy. But you don't have to know anything about college basketball to know that Kansas and Kansas State probably both want mulligans for what happened in that basketball game. Yes, they do. And you said you were watching it with, with the wife? No, I was at my parents' house. Oh, okay. And Kansas was up 25, 30? Yeah, quite a bit, yeah. yeah. And so what makes it more insane is that last year, Kansas was up on Monmouth, I think, by 45 or 50. And the Monmouth guy steals it. Oh, was it that high? Yeah, it was like 100-something 100 100 to 50-something. I know it was a lot. Yeah. And he goes in and dunks it. Something along the lines of, I don't effing care, I don't effing quit. You can see him saying it like as he runs back. <laughs> It's like, bro, you're down by 45. Like, what are you doing? The only thing you're going to do by stealing it and trying to go get points is get into a fight. Well, guess what happened Kansas-Kansas State? Uh, the guy... A little bit of... Just a little one. Yeah. yeah. So the guy from Kansas State, because Kansas State's down 25, 30? I wonder, yeah, 25 or so. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. But. And so... Um, Steven D'Souza from Kansas is trying to dribble it out and a guy from Kansas State steals it and D'Souza catches up to him, blocks it out of bounds and then stands over and flexes on him oh yeah, it was 81.58-ish when he, 81.60 so they're up by 20 and he flexes on him and then guys jump up and start pushing and punching and so D'Souza goes for the trifecta, gets the ball stolen, flexes on the guy. So like two for two on dumb things at the end of the game. You want to know how to top it all off? You go all uh, WWE on him? Do you, <laughs> maybe he's just a big Bob Knight fan. He's like, that person needed something to sit on. Yeah. Just giving him a chair. Or he's a big fan of that high five thing. Have you ever seen it? Like some people just need a high five to the face with a chair. 
I don't think I've seen that. That's funny. Because that's D'Souza. He tried to hit someone in the head with a stool. Yeah, and the only reason he didn't was because one of his coaches or one. Yeah, one of the assistant coaches grabbed like the chair out of his hands. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know who uh, it was that grabbed the stool, just an assistant. But D'Souza's lucky. Um, because if he would have hit somebody with the stool, like then he gets charged with like assault. Yeah. And it would have been terrible because there is like fans in that area, coaches, cheerleaders probably too. So it's not just guys in the game and stuff's going to like go away. No, yeah, they were up into the crowd. Yeah, it was not good. Um, luckily, no one got hit with the stool. Um, and it didn't take long for the Big 12, I think is what it looked like. Yeah, the Big 12 came out with the decision for suspension. Um, so I guess in a case like this with college, you have – what three groups that could levy a suspension because you have the team the conference or the ncaa right and so usually you'll see the team or the conference try and come out as quickly as possible and levy a suspension get ahead of it before because chances are if the ncaa comes out and suspend suspends them it's going to be for longer period of time yeah um kansas suspended him indefinitely yeah, uh, this morning. And then tonight, I think around 7 o'clock or something like that, they said D'Souza gets 12 games, which I think is somewhere around the rest of the regular season. It seems convenient. Yeah. Very. For the rest of the year. It should be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep, it'll last to the end of the regular season. Yep. Um, so he was one of three or four guys to get suspended four players uh jayhawks david mccormick got two games kansas state james love gets eight antonio gordon gets three so lots of suspensions so d'souza is really lucky that he didn't hit somebody yes he is other than all the times he hit somebody already just like we started talking about it before we started recording you're up by 20 plus. Like the guy steals it from you. Who cares? I understand like ego, um, adrenaline, all that stuff. But you you know that flexing on the guy is going to start something. Yeah. Like that's about the dumbest thing you could do. It, yeah, it pretty much is. Like you could do a lot of things and get away with it. You could go and just take him out. Yeah. When he's going to light in, whatever. You probably would start a fight. Just... Yeah. That's that's like the worst thing you could do. Or I liked what you were saying before. Like, let him lay it in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and finish saying it because it was funny. Oh, yeah. Let him lay it in. Get the ball back in bounce afterwards. Lay it in on the same basket. And then look at him like, do you want me to keep going to try to catch you up real quick? <laughs> And that's the thing. There was, like, no time left. No, it was, like, zeros on the clock. Yeah, and that's why I think the refs get a little mulligan here, too. For putting .1 seconds back on the clock, making all the players come back out, tossing every player that was on the bench on both teams, and making them shoot free throws with one-tenth of a second left. See, I didn't even see all that because I turned the game off. It was about 30 seconds left. I think we switched to a different game. Yeah. Yeah, they said that 
the reason all the players were out on the court, I mean, chances are they would have been anyway, because they thought the game was over. So they all ran out there to like try and separate or be a part of it or whatever. But then they all got tossed for leaving the bench. (laughs) So it was just five on five. That was it. But it didn't matter because there was a tenth of a second left. You know what's dangerous in a spot like that? Putting them back on the court. Yeah, like, oh, they're they're a little heated still? Yeah. Like, you think about how, especially these kids are 18 to 21, right? Like, we've been good friends for 20 years, almost. No, I can't count that. Ever since I came to Nooksack. And, like, we got into it a couple times in high school. (laughs) And, like, we'd be mad for, like, an hour or whatever. But this, this is, like, way higher level, like, way more adrenaline. They don't like each other. Yeah. (laughs) And they're way more in shape than we were back then. They have way more muscles than we had back then. Okay, I'll go with that one. Like, if you would have put me and you back, like, trying to block each other out again after a fight, we just would have fought again. Like, that's what these kids are going to do. And you put them back out there again? It's like, what are you doing? Like, there's no reason to keep going. The game is it's over. Yeah. It's literally impossible to score 20 points in the tenths. <laughs> Let me check the math on that. Let's see. Minimum of point four seconds. Is, is it football seven, style seven. where you can put time back on the clock? Or? I, think, I think you're right. It's like, even in football, it's impossible. <laughs> yes, it is. score. It's over. <laughs> Uh, so I think everybody involved in this, from the schools to the players to the NCAA to the refs, all want a mulligan. If you want to take advantage of your mulligan, you can head to Homestead Farm and Golf in Linden, Washington. Mention late night shots for a free small bag of range balls. Uh, you can check out their Cleveland and Shriction clubs and apparel. Uh, they've kind of had to postpone some of their par three mini tournaments that they've had going on because of the weather, like we talked about. Because when it's bad on the roads and at your house, it's worse on the golf course. It's really hard to find your ball <laughs> when it's white <laughs> in the snow. Very, very true. Just throwing that out there. Um, so they are pushing some of these par three leagues back until the course can open back up. But with the nice, nicer weather, um, you might be able to see your ball land, but it might disappear. But it's par three, so it should be all right. Um, so head to Homestead for that. You can check out their 2020 memberships since it's the beginning of the year. They have some nice deals and promos going on. And you can even go turn your money in for Canadian money at the bank because Canadian is at par at Homestead. So if you're buying a membership there, you can save a little bit of money by bringing some Canadian money. That's a good way to do it. And they're actually totally fine with it because it makes them more money in the end. Smart business. And that's why they're doing so well. So make sure to check them out on Facebook and Instagram to stay up with everything they got going on. Remember to check out Homestead for all your golfing needs. That was a pretty good interactive ad read, I think. It was. It was very informative. Didn't mess up. Didn't say displaced fans. <laughs> Didn't get distracted by Zion dominating in the fourth quarter since we started recording. I see him on the bench. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, since we started recording, he scored 13 points in the fourth quarter in like four minutes. He has 18 points for the game. At least. I'm just saying, what I've watched so far, it's not much <laughs> good, but I'm also not facing the TV yeah. as much. So. Want to talk about Zion and the rookie class now, or do you want to wait? Sure. Because we got a little bit of everything on tonight's podcast, because yeah. we're going to save the Super Bowl preview for next week, because yeah. that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So, so it's Zion's debut against the Spurs in New Orleans tonight. Um, he was out for, I think it said 13 weeks is what it ended up being, just over half the season. Um, which 
is smart on them. Make sure he's as healthy as can be coming back. Yeah. What was his injury? He had uh, right knee surgery okay. to re- remove bone chips or so, something really little. The record's not good. They've been or doing really good? well lately. Um, they are 11-5 and five in January coming into this game. Um, they've started getting more comfortable playing together. I think they're pushing for that eighth playoff spot because the eight seed in the West isn't that good. Um, I want to say they're like six games under 500 still. But Zion, so he starts the game, plays four minutes to start the first, four minutes to start the second, three and a half minutes to start the third. And then we watched the first what, minute, minute and a half of the fourth before we started recording. Yeah, I think so. So he's got 13 minutes played, like three points, something like that, five points, um, five turnovers, a couple boards, assist or two, stuff like that. So we start recording, and I look over, and he's shooting free throws, and it says Zion has 13 points this quarter for 18 for the game. So he just kind of started going off and playing Zion ball. Um, no, he looks hurt every time he runs. Yeah. And I was talking about it with Landon over text earlier. Um, and we were talking about it before we started recording. He doesn't look like a basketball player. No. And this is something I heard Bill Simmons say a long time ago. And I've, I've tried to watch it ever since because you can usually tell when it's going to affect guys. It's just watch how they run up and down the court. If a guy looks athletic and like he glides up the court he's probably going to be healthy for most of his career because he knows how to run he does not he looks like he's jamming his legs into the ground yeah it's like there's a jamming his legs into the ground like he hurts already or like a a defensive end or a big lineman who just wants to like get running and then he kind of lets his body move him like he just lumbers yeah the best comparison i could think of was um jose montero for the Jesus, 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 yeah. I don't know whatever you say his name, but yeah. like every time he hit the ball and ran to first, it looked like he was in pain every time. Yeah, it's like it wasn't good. No, it's like why would you even want that guy on your team? It just doesn't seem like he's going to be good. And guess what? He wasn't. Good. No, and I think one of the things that's that's tough to figure out with Zion is he's so big, but he's not fat. Like he, he doesn't look fat. No, he doesn't look real fat. He just looks he just He's so thick. All the way through, yeah. So. He is the third heaviest player in the NBA. He's nineteen. Like I don't see that working out well unless he gets No. He needs to lose weight. Because I think they said in basketball the the pressure that you put on your knees on every step is like eight times your body weight. Because it's a hardwood floor. In, in yeah. football, it's only like two to three. Yeah, yeah, nice soft turf and grass. Yeah. yeah. So every step in football, you're putting 500 pounds on your knee. But in basketball, like Zion's putting a ton of pressure, a literal ton of pressure and on it, his knees every time he it's steps. It's a lot more running than in yeah. football and baseball. Oh, yeah. Because it's just up and down and yeah, cuts. and like, A lot more jumping up and down, yeah. And. It's, it's going to be interesting because 285 pounds, the only people that are heavier than him are like Boban Marjanovic, who's seven foot 
four, six. Yeah, seven four. Four probably. Yeah, I don't think he's six. And then I'm not sure who the other guy is that's heavier than him. Probably spacing on some other giant dude that barely plays. But you just you watch him and like he's so big and strong. But you have to wonder if maybe losing twenty pounds or something would make him stronger because he'd be so much more agile. Yeah. That instead of this guy who's like a 60% speed, he becomes an 80% speed and only loses a little bit of strength. So now he's incredibly tough to deal with. Yeah, and then he gains a bunch of years on his career by not yeah. putting all that pressure on his legs and stuff. Yeah. And that's one of the things I wonder about because we also talked about how he doesn't really look like he knows how to play basketball. Uh, yeah, we feel like more he just used his... Uh, his superior size, basically, because he's always been bigger and stronger than everyone on the court. Yeah, his size and physicality. and So he didn't really learn basketball. He just learned that I'm better bigger so I can. And, like, imagine an average high schooler is, like on a basketball team, is 6'1", 170, right? Probably, yeah. Somewhere in there. Well, Zion was 6'7", 240 or whatever in high school. And he was also one of the fastest, could jump the highest, and was the strongest. It's like he might have been even way more than that. Yeah. But yeah, still. That's still... And you see some of the videos of people trying to guard him in high school. It's like it's like going and standing next to a middle schooler who doesn't play basketball. It's like, yeah, you're going to dominate them. You're... Yeah. And, I mean, he did. He dominated in college, too. And then even in the fourth quarter tonight, he played really well. Like, he, he ended up with 18-ish points. Um, I don't know exactly what he ended up with or what he's at because he only played six minutes, something like that. But I, I wanted, the other thing I wanted to talk about was even before the season, you were not convinced that he should be the number one pick. Nope. Because you like the high flyer out of Murray State, who's on Memphis now. All right. <laughs> yep. John Morant. Yeah, he's been he's the one I thought was the best player in the draft coming out. Yeah, and yeah, I was also worried about him because he was he's 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 the opposite. He's very skinny. Yeah, he's very small. Um, coming from a smaller school, and it's like maybe it's just a mirage. Yeah, and I worry about him because he's he's crazy athletic too. Like he can jump out the gym. Yeah, but he always tries to jump over people and like on people and like he's trying to dunk the other person as well yeah he did that it was like last week last week he hi this is rich good night all new bellingham ford hello Um, the the dunk he tried and missed is that the one you're thinking of yeah yeah he tried to dunk over i can't remember who he tried to dunk over yeah i'm trying to think of it now Um, but he learned his lesson like a couple days later he about to do the same thing and then like to band the back past instead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Morant missed a handful of games earlier this year because he tried to dunk on somebody and like landed on his back. It's like, with how little he is, there's no padding when he lands. No, he needs to put on a little bit of weight. Yeah. How about he takes 20 pounds from Zion? Think that works? I think, I think you could do that. I think it's perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah Zion did end up having a good game. Um, 22 points, seven boards, three assists. 
he had the five turnovers, but that was he went 17 points without a turnover after like at the end of the game. So, yeah. so he he played pretty darn good. He's tied for the leading scorer on the Pelicans right now. He played 18 minutes, four for four from deep. Like maybe, maybe he's gonna be all right. Maybe because the first 13 minutes he did not look good. In the last five, he looked incredible. He looked like the number one pick. You still, you think Morant's gonna have a better career than Zion? I do, even yeah. though Morant did not do well tonight. Is that where you're just looking on? I was gonna see how you. He was playing Boston though. Twenty-four minutes, two points. Ooh, one rebound, five assists. Five, only one for five from the field. Oh, because they probably put Marcus Smart on him the whole game. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, and Memphis doesn't really have another ball handler. So if you shut down Morant. Yeah, that's all they have. Yeah. Yeah, It looks like the Pelicans are going to lose this game uh, down four with like 10 seconds left. Um, Good news for Zion and the Pelicans is they don't have a back-to-back until the first week of March. So Zion gets like five weeks of being able to play limited minutes and find a role and learn how to play without having to play back-to-back games. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, The thing that's been weird for the first 40, 45 games of the NBA season is the Pelicans have had so many primetime games because they were expecting Zion. (laughs) Uh, Something like almost half their games this season were primetime games, like some ridiculous number, which part of it's understandable. Nope. It's what? Dumb. Two? Three. Welcome home. No. There was not even an ad there. I was I looked at the side to see if I could pause it. It wasn't there. Huh. Glenn just gotta ruin my day, just like at Church League basketball. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess it was a good showing by Zion to start. I guess we'll see how he does. Yeah. Be interesting to see. It is good that he doesn't have to play in back to back games though. So they can play him more minutes per game. Should be able to get up to 25 minutes a game within a week or two and start playing decent minutes. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Instead of just starting every quarter, playing three to five minutes and then sitting. But never know. All right, you want to do some baseball stuff next? Sure. You want to do the happy stuff or the um, suspension stuff? Hmm. Is any of it happy? Do you want to talk about overrated players or overrated tra- or trash cans? So I don't know if it's good news. <laughs> it's all bad stuff. Oh. All right, we'll just go to the suspension first because that's a little bit older news. We wanted to talk about it last week but didn't because yeah. didn't record. Um, so the Astros. Penalties came down for them. For the whole sign stealing, relaying signs, filming, all that stuff. Um, Jeffrey Lunau, is that the GM? Or is he the owner? I don't remember. I think it's Jeffrey Lunau's the GM, right? And Loria? Yeah, Jeff Lunau. Um, I think Loria's the owner, and Lunau is the, the GM. So Jeff Lunau is the GM. AJ Hinch is their manager. Yeah. Uh, they were both suspended without pay for a season. 
and the team was fined $5 million and their next two first and second round picks. Yeah. Right? So, but if they don't have them, then it keeps going. Yes. The next year. The yeah. next year. So the next two first and second round picks that they have get taken away from them. Yeah. So if they sign someone and lose the pick, then it transfers to the next year. Yeah. And the other part of that was it's they lose the pick and the teams behind them don't move up. It's just that spot is void, I think, because they also didn't want to slightly penalize the other teams by making them pay more oh. for their picks because every every draft spot in baseball is like has an allotment. It's a, yeah, they slot it out. Yeah. Okay. I was like, that makes no sense. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because if you were picking behind Houston and all of a sudden you had to move up a spot, it could cost you a hundred grand or whatever. Yeah. Because you have to pick in the twenty sixth spot instead of the twenty seventh. Yeah, which see, because of the slot costs you money. Could cost yeah. you money. Yeah. I've never seen bocce on TV before and that was incredible. Weird. I didn't know there was indoor bocce. Like I just threw a big I'm old curveball. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Wow. Uh, thank you, Scott Van Pelt. All right, so <laughs> Lunau and A.J. Hinch get suspended for 2020. And that same day, yeah, next like, day? They, yeah, within 24, I think. They both get fired, which good for the owner. I think it's Loria. Good on him for firing them. Yes. Like, just try and distance yourself from from like, the whole issue. It's like, yeah, that sucks because they're both really good otherwise, too. Mm-hmm. It's like I really don't think it'll take long until they get jobs again. See, the problem is, I wonder if whoever signs them, they're still going to be suspended for a year. If this is one of those suspensions where you're suspended a year while you're on a team, I could still see someone signing them. Yeah, taking that year suspension and then. Yeah, because um, I think that's the case sometimes in like. Uh, football or basketball where if you're suspended for four games and you get cut, whoever signed you, you're still suspended for four games. Yeah, I think baseball is the same way. I think so. Yeah, for like the guys who get PED suspensions and stuff. Yeah, if they get caught and then cut. Yeah. So So yeah, they might still be suspended a year after they get. Yeah. Um, But that wasn't the end of it. So AJ Hinch gets fired. And then within the next week, because Alex Cora was a bench coach on that Houston team. Basically, he's the one that came up with it. Apparently. Yeah. And he is now the, was currently, was at the time, there we go, the Red Sox head coach. It seemed like he was also going to be suspended for a year. So the Red Sox, quote unquote, parted ways with him. Well, also... Reports came that the Red Sox had also, yeah, that stuff had been going on there, the same type of thing. So yeah, so then only a couple days later, Carlos Beltran. Yeah, I read all this like the same day. Yeah, because I was like a couple days behind. But so then Beltran Beltran gets fired too because he was a part of that Houston team. Yeah, part of their bench. Was he a bench coach? Well, I think he was no, a bench coach, he was, right? He was a player. Was he still a player? Was he still around A player then? coach or something. He wasn't a... I thought there was something where he might... He wouldn't get suspended. 
because he wasn't technically a coach. Oh, he did he play in 2017. He was he was the Ichiro for the Mariners that one year. Oh, okay. He wasn't retired. He was, he was just a part. He, of the he team. played a lot. He played in 129 games. He had oh. 500 plate appearances that year. He only hit 230. But maybe he played during the regular season and not during the playoffs. Maybe yeah. let's see here. Postseason? No, he played during the postseason too. Just terrible. Was but... it for next year? No, 2017 was his last season. Hmm. Weird. Uh, maybe he was just a big part of it. Um, and, but so the Mets let him go, so he gets fired with a zero zero record as a head coach. Yeah, he just got <laughs> Yeah. So three coaches, one GM, $5 million. Is it two draft picks or four? It's first and second in two years, right? Yeah, and so, so and four draft picks. Was it enough? No. I don't think so either. Like, this, no. is, this is a – I feel like it's a big deal. Yeah. Because this is – It's the biggest thing that's happened in baseball, non-drug related, in 100 years. Yeah. Since the Black Sox, yeah. which was 1919, Yeah, I think. Say that was like the last. So it's like 98 years, 100 years. Yeah. And It's like, well, yeah, that sounds like a lot, but really, that's not a lot for all they did. That. So $5 million, they made more than that well, in that, the postseason. That's the max. It's the max that that's allowed. They could allow, but... <sighs> I did see that, and you talked about this, you brought it up, the Dodgers filing for the 2017 and 2018 World Series to be thrown out yeah. or to be stripped because they Strip. lost both of them. Yeah, strip both the teams. I agree with that part. Yes. I don't agree with the next part of the Dodgers. Oh, they, yeah, that they want them? Yeah. Like, I understand, but no. No. You did win, so you can't have them. Yeah. And the fact that... It took Mike Fires coming out publicly and saying this when other teams had filed reports and it had been brought out in public by other teams that they thought this was happening. Well, did you hear about the Mariners guy? When he was on the White Sox? No, when he was on the Mariners. This, oh, who's that? What was his name? The first baseman. It was a couple of years before. It was I like think I heard about this. Well, who was it? Mariners first baseman. Um, go ahead and tell the story, and I'll see if I can find it. But he uh, he came out saying that yeah, he heard trash can bangs when they were playing Houston, and then like the next play, like they were like the double window game or something. I can't remember exactly. I only saw a little bit of it. Hmm. It's like hmm. so. This has probably been going on for a while. Yeah. Um, the one, when you said Mariners guy, I thought you were talking about, uh, Danny Farquhar when he was on the White Sox. And so this happened in 2017, I think. So the year, like they won the world series. Um, and John boy, that that's his name on Twitter. I can't remember his real name. Um, huge following, lots of baseball stuff. Um, he posts a video of Farquhar pitching because Farquhar talked about this where throws a changeup, bang, bang, 
Like you, you can hear it on the video. And Farquhar said he heard it. No swing. Fastball swing. Fastball swing. Like curveball bang. Change up bang bang. Fastball. So something like that. There's been a decent amount of pitches thrown. Uh, so for the third time in the at bat, the catcher puts down change up. Farquhar comes set. Bang bang. He steps off. Because he knows. He's like, no, something's up. Like they're they're stealing our signs. And like as a you gotta realize for it to happen that fast to get from the catcher to the second base, like if this is what you're thinking about, catcher to a guy on second base to the dugout to relay a sign, there's not enough time for that to happen. No, not something like that. No. No. Because it's it's literally like the sign goes down. He comes set, bang, bang. No, that that's not enough time. No. <laughs> like maybe in middle school baseball where the catcher's like not hiding the signs and you can see them from the dugout. It's like, oh, he put down a one. Let's go, Alex. Alex, like, first name's code for fastball. Fine. Yeah. If you can literally see it. Yeah. Everybody who's ever played baseball like has been a part of, if you're on second base, like what is it? Hands up is fastball. Hands down is off speed. Yeah. Or one of those two. Like, that's fine because it's all, like, you're trying to figure it out. It's the same thing in, like, football, trying to figure out what the audible means. Or in basketball, like, I heard them call horns or elevators, so I know what play they're running. Yeah. But it's different when it's like, yeah, they had a guy up in the booth with the camera on us relaying the signs down to the field. Yeah. <laughs> and I've heard some people try and argue that, it, like, there's no difference. Those people are morons. Yeah, there's a big difference. Yeah, it's like you're trying to figure out during the game, like as you're playing. That's fine. Like that's sportsmanlike. It's like if you, yeah, if you're okay, if you're gonna allow it, that's fine. You can allow cameras trying to steal signs and all that, but you got to make it away so they can hide them. Yeah. Give them like some earbuds in their ears or something, so they can something. Otherwise, there's. They're always going to beat you. Yeah. It, it's impossible. Which. Otherwise, you would have to change signs like every pitch. Yeah. It'd just be. And the game would take forever. Because it'd be the catcher would run out and be like, uh, on this one, three means fastball. The second signal is going to be a changeup. The one is a curveball. And the fourth signal is what we're going to throw, regardless of what number it is. And it's going to be a fastball. Good luck remembering all that. And it's going to have to be like that every time. The game's going to take six and a half hours. Yeah. It just, it just won't work. Yeah. And so I guess, I think with Farquhar, they changed the signals. And the Astros did like the wrong thing. And the guy struck out looking silly or something like that. It's like, oh, like something's up here. So it's Logan Morrison in oh, 2014. Okay. okay. So. Um, and then there was a couple other videos I saw of... Like, 0-2 counts. Pitcher counts. Like, this is this is big deals. Like, this is costing people money. Like, mm-hmm. and pitchers' careers. Yes. Like, there is a one-pitch difference between having a 2.80 RA and a 5.3 ERA. Because if you're giving up two more runs over six innings, that's a big jump in ERA. Yeah, you're a rookie coming up, and you're playing the Astros, and they yeah. you come in with some runners on base, and you throw a pitch, and 
he knows it's coming. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier to hit a home run, and then that guy's done. Yeah. Like, oh, well, maybe I'll try again tomorrow. And he comes out tomorrow, they steal it again and hit your pitch. Yeah. Oh, especially for relievers. Yeah, it's like, well, you just killed that guy's career potentially. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, you think about a starter. It's like, okay, he did bad against the Astros. Like, maybe he makes up for it during the rest of the year, and it costs him, like, 0.15 or 0.2 in his ERA. Yeah, it's like, well, well maybe the Astros just have his number. But for a reliever who throws 40 innings, 50 innings, and he gives up four runs that he shouldn't have, eight runs that he shouldn't have to the Astros, like that changes his ERA by an entire run. Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the there's a couple 0-2 ones where the guy puts down a curveball, bang. The guy throws a curveball, the guy knows it's coming, home run. So I guess what, 0-2 is probably not doing that. And then you hear about, well, so there's there's a picture that was posted of down at the bottom of the walkway um, through the dugout, like into where the batting cages and stuff are. There was like a monitor set up with a direct line to the dugout and the trash can, you could see it. It's like nobody thought about that. Nobody did anything. And then the part that I really wonder about that they said they didn't have any proof of was the electronic buzzers. Did you hear that part? Yeah. That like they'd have band-aids with buzzers underneath. So instead of bang, bang on the trash can, you'd get buzz, buzz in your finger. Hmm. You know, change up, buzz, buzz. Or, all right, what's coming here? Nothing. Like no buzz, fastball. Because hmm. the one, one picture I saw was of a guy with batting gloves it looked like they had a Band-Aid over his batting glove. That's weird. Yeah, I hadn't heard that one yet. Yeah, because there was a picture of Josh Reddick, I think, where he had his his jersey off, so he just had like the couple tank tops on, and you see what looks like a Band-Aid on his chest. He said it was confetti because they just won the ALCS or something like that. It's like, okay, maybe it was confetti, but it looks like a Band-Aid. And then there's the one with Jose Altuve where, did you see this one? Where he's like trying to stop the team from ripping off his jersey. Like he's trying to keep his jersey on. People think it's because he had a buzzer on his chest. Remember that? <laughs> and I just wonder what made them think they could get away with it. Yeah, I don't know. You have to keep all these players forever because once they leave, they Mike can- fires. Logan Morrison, anybody who left. Well, Morrison was on the Mariners when he did it. Oh, yeah, because he just heard it. That's right. Yeah. Um, but these guys leave. Of course they're going to tell people. But, hey, I'm a pitcher. Now I'm going to go play against these guys. Hey, they're cheating. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm a pitcher. I'm not involved in this, but they're cheating now. So The one thing I haven't seen that I want to see is um, the difference in Astros hitting at home and away. To see if their hitters were all worse away, where they don't have this camera set up to feed them pitches. Yeah, but maybe they figured out a way to set it up too late. I did see a report that um, some team that they played when the Astros were on the road accused them of, like, instead of banging on a trash can, it was like whistles. That, like, one whistle was off speed, two whistles was a change up or whatever. It's like, that's a little bit harder to hear at a game. But yeah. it's just 
it's a bad look. And I like to bring it back to the beginning. I don't think it was enough. They need to take the World Series away. I don't know what you can do to the players, really. Probably nothing. I think you'd have to have proof against each individual player to do anything. Because you can't just be like, oh, the whole team's suspended. Like, well, what if some guys were against it and some guys didn't partake in it? Yeah. It's like, it's really hard to go against the players because they'll just appeal it and probably win because you need proof in and there are people who don't like to know what's coming, like what kind of pitch is coming, because either A, um, it just makes them uncomfortable, or B, they don't trust that it's always going to be right. Like, like I know you know 90-some percent of the time what's coming, so you can tell me, but I just don't want to know because like it might be wrong or it makes me uncomfortable. It just messes with my rhythm. There's, but there's probably a guy like that on the team. Maybe, yeah. But we'll likely never find out who was involved because I saw yesterday or today that a bunch of the players got full immunity to come forward and say what happened and detail how it went down. I'm sure at some point someone will make a bunch of money writing a book about it. Which is a great idea. If you're one of those bench players who... Well, it's very good, and I didn't play a lot, but I knew everything, so I'm going to write a book now, and I'm going to make bank. I would look for the guy who asked the Astros for a lot of money, doesn't get it, signed somewhere for not very much money. He's going to write a book. It's like, well, you guys wouldn't pay me that $10 million. I'm going to ruin your team. I'm going to ruin you. you yeah. You're done. Oh, it's, it's such a bad look for baseball. It is. So they, they usually don't have as much trouble as like football with players doing stupid stuff. Yeah. It seems like, but they seem to have a lot of this type of thing. Yeah. Every, well, with steroids. And it's just always something big and weird. It's just, it sucks. Like part of the reason it sucks is because the Astros are in the Mariners division. So the Mariners were in Houston 10 times a year. So they're dealing with this for 6% of their season. Yeah. For, that sucks. But with this thing for for six years, apparently. So the I wonder how long ago that was. When was it that Felix finished second to Corey Kluber in the Cy Young? Uh, that was... Five years ago? Five years, I think 15. Didn't he... 2014? Well, yeah. He had a game that season where he got blown up in Houston, I think. Yeah, 14 is when Morrison claims they were cheating. I really want to say that Felix had a game in 2014 where he got blown up in Houston. He gave up like seven runs in an inning or two, and it ruined his ERA and like quality start streak and all that stuff. Let's see here. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of a different year. I must be thinking of a different year. Hmm. Oh, well. Yeah, just not good for the game of baseball. It sucks. Hopefully, 
hopefully it's over now that Houston stops doing it. Boston's not doing it anymore with Corrigan. And we just don't have to worry about it. And that Houston just sucks now. Because that'd be kind of neat. Yeah, I kind of hope they all, everyone on their team runs away. Yeah. Um, the one thing that made me a little curious was... I saw a couple guys on Twitter, like baseball players, talking about how the Houston pitchers were benefiting from it, which I don't quite understand. Besides the fact that like you'd get more run support, yeah. Because uh, someone brought up like Garrett Cole being better in Houston, and it was because of this stuff. Well, it seems like a lot of the pitchers have been better there, but I don't. Yeah. There was, was claims of something else against Houston from other pitchers, too. I don't remember what it was now. I'm not sure. It was like last year before. Hmm. I can't remember what it was about. I don't know. <laughs> oh. um, I think that's enough talking about that. Oh, geez. We've been on podcast for a while now. Uh, yeah, we kind of got stuck on that for a bit. Yeah. Let's move over to the other big baseball thing that happened. Hall of Fame votes got announced and who got in. Uh, Larry Walker finally gets in. He'd been on the ballot for quite a while, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, 76%. So he barely makes it because you need 75. So he makes it by, what is that, like 5 to 10 votes. So it's pretty close. And then the biggest part of the Hall of Fame ballot this year, um, commentary-wise, is Derek Jeter. So Derek Jeter gets 99.7 or whatever it is. Yeah, second highest. Yeah, second highest of all time. One vote short of being unanimous. Um, Mariano Rivera is, was the first and only guy to be unanimous. Um, Yankees? I'm, he, he's obviously the best relief pitcher to ever play. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm fine with Rivera being unanimous. He should be. He should be, but there's also plenty of others that should be, so... Kind of annoys me. Yeah, and that's part of it. Is I I understand that argument where you look at a guy and you say this guy is one of the twenty best players all time, should be unanimous Hall of Famer first ballot. Who cares? Like obviously he's a Hall of Famer, but the five guys at his position weren't first ballot Hall of Famers unanimously. So I'm not voting for him the first time. It's kind of dumb. It is very dumb. It's very... Have you ever heard a argument that player X is better than player Y because he had 95% on his first ballot where the other player had 92%? No. No. It, nobody cares. They might care right at the election, but after that, nobody cares. No. It's like, oh. They go back to all the stats and how the guy did, which... Brings us to Jeter. So one guy didn't vote for him. And it's Jeter, it's the Yankees, so either love him or hate him type thing. So social media, everywhere, all the online content you see is either that one guy's an idiot, and he's a clown for not voting for Jeter, or yeah, Jeter's a great, he's a Hall of Famer, but I'm surprised his number's that high because he's not the best shortstop of all time. No, he is not. And so people who, who knew a lot about baseball or read a lot about baseball knew that Jeter was not a good defender. 
Jeter had a very strong arm. Jeter could make the hop throw from the third base side. But he was terrible going to his left, going towards second base. Because he couldn't turn back across his body like A-Rod could. A-Rod was really good at that. Yeah. Either doing the, the, the big spin around, which what is it, what would it be, like a 270, right? You run towards second base, you turn your body towards left field, third base, back to first base and throw. It's yeah. like a 270. Yeah. Or coming all the way back across your hip and throwing it. Jeter couldn't do either of those. He didn't have the greatest range going left either. Which is why, according to Defensive Run Saved, which kind of talks about how good of a defender you are at covering ground, <clears throat> Jeter was the worst of all time by far. He gave up over 50, or he gave up 48 more runs than any other defender in history. Yeah, he played for 20 years. Yeah, he played shortstop. Still, 48 more runs than any player in history and 100 more runs than anyone to ever play shortstop. He gave up two, 250 runs. 250 runs below average at shortstop. I think it was 245. That's not good. No. I think, he, <laughs> I think he's a very overrated player. He He's overrated, but he was... He did have a lot of power for a shortstop because he has a good for, for a shortstop. He has a good OPS. He had lots of doubles. He did have a yeah, good amount of home runs. Um, he's the uh, he, not the superstar. He's just the he. Well, he's a superstar, but he's not a super duper star. That, yeah, okay, that's more what I meant. He's he's got the longevity of doing good every year. He he was great for a long time. He was great in the playoffs but was he ever incredible no like i it's like i'm going through his numbers and i'm seeing maybe a couple years that he could be mvp he never won the mvp did he uh, i don't think so no but he, um he had five gold gloves which i was talking to Haig, zach Haig today i think just on online that Jeter winning gold gloves is like in the 80s and 90s and part of the 2000s where power hitting first baseman would win first would win gold gloves because they were big names. Plus, he's on the Yankees. Yes, and they're winning World Series. Yeah, he's, it's like <laughs> home runs. He never had more than 24. Okay, 24 once. Over yeah. 20. A couple times. Twice. Three times. Three. Yeah. Stole bases couple over 30 but one two four four times over 30 in 20 years so not big power not big speed i think so there was this huge article on espn it came out today i think um they tried to go through history and they rated all the shortstops who have ever played they didn't rate them against like um they rated them just against the period they played because they talked about like if you put jeter in the 1890s, of course he's going to dominate. Yeah, yeah. If you take a guy from them and put him now, of course he's not going to be good. Yeah. Just if you just take him straight out and put him here. Yeah, like, it's completely different. Duh. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. So it's like you have to judge guys against their peers type thing. And I think they had Jeter as the fifth greatest shortstop of all time, which is probably right because of the longevity, the postseason, the consistency, that he was just always kind of great. I want to see... Oh. 
won't ever happen, but I want him on a team that's not winning World Series. Yeah. Not on the because I want him on the Mariners. <laughs> yes, the, yeah, pretty much the Mariners. Team um, that's not making playoffs. Like the thing, at least to me, that in, is the most interesting with Jeter is for what the first what five six years A Rod was there. The best shortstop on that team was not playing shortstop. Yeah, but they're not going to move him because he's because they were buddies, and because he's the shortstop for the Yankees who won quotes won them four World Series. Yeah, it's like he's going to be there forever because he's 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 the Yankee. Yeah, of the time. Yeah, he's he's the clutch, Mister November, all that stuff. Like, um, something about he had one of the highest increases in OPS for a guy with like the minimum 50 plate appearances or whatever in postseason history. Um, so d- he, he did have a good P- OPS for his career on base plus slugging for those who don't know. Um, so you can kind of see that the guy either hits for a lot of power or gets on base a lot, like just kind of tell how often he's on base. Um, and that he did even better in the postseason, and the fact that he played over a full season's worth of postseason games and did that, like it is impressive. Oh, I'm not saying he's not good. I just don't think he's as good as everyone yeah. always is. Which putting him, I think it was fifth or sixth, because I think they had him at sixth, and then maybe moved him at fifth when you looked at shortstops only during their time at playing shortstop. So if a guy played shortstop for ten years and then went and played third or second or outfield for five years they only took the 10 years so i think they moved him up to fifth um it was like honus wagner a rod and i can't remember who else was above him um but it's, oh and cal Ripken was above him so it's like so not only was he not the best shortstop on his team i don't know if a rod was there at the same time that ripken was still in Baltimore? I think so, uh, yeah. because Ripken hit the home run at Safeco in the All-Star game, right? Yeah. And so A-Rod would have been on the Yankees at that time, yeah. unless he was still in Texas. Maybe. Yeah. But so A-Rod, or Jeter, for a long time, wasn't the best shortstop on his team, wasn't the best shortstop in his division, and people want to say he should have been unanimous. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. He's definitely a first ballot guy. If you're complaining about him not being unanimous, maybe learn about baseball. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, who are the the three most important defenders on the field in baseball? To you. Do you want me to say who I'm thinking? I was, I was thinking catcher, shortstop. Center field. Center field. Yeah. yeah. Up the middle. Yeah. The three. The guys who are involved in the most plays are covering the most ground. Yeah. Like you need to be the best defender on the team at those spots. Um, or have an insane bat, which you wouldn't put an insane bat in center because they have to cover so much ground. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, move on, but yeah. And just like, and that's one of the marks against Jeter is not a good defender. So that's why he can't be 
one of the best shortstops of all time. Because you need to be good at both things. And he wasn't. Yeah. Ripkins last year was a one. Okay. So A Rod still would have been in Texas. Because A Rod went to the Yankees in 03. Yeah. Yeah. Because one, he, he left that year. A Rod never played at Safeco, right? No. And they left 99. Oh, one was the year that he left the Mariners and then they won 116 games. I thought he'd been gone a couple years. Maybe he left the year before that. Because I think Arod left when they left the kingdom. Maybe. Arod left, and then Randy Johnson left, and then Griffey left. Oh, they all yeah. left within like a couple of years. Yeah, I think that's the order because Ichiro's rookie year was 01 when they won all those games. Yes. Yeah. And Griffey played the year before that. Because Safeco was the house that Griffey built. So he did play there a little bit. Yeah. Unless Johnson left before. No, Randy Johnson played at Safeco. Because isn't him blowing up the bird at Safeco? I don't know. I don't think it was at the Kingdom. Because you can see the sunlight. a last year was 2000. Oh, it was? Hmm. Oh, well. No, now you got me confused. I know. I'm trying to do this all off the top of my head. It's 20 years ago. <laughs> What's that? Is that hard? Johnson left in 98. Middle of the year. To Houston. Yep. For Freddie Garcia, John Halama, and Carlos Guillen. I still remember that part. (laughs) Which you have to say the Mariners won the trade because Randy Johnson left after a half year and went to Arizona. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, it sucks because he left. Because the Mariners' owners were horrible back then. What? I mean, they traded all these players for mediocrity. Who are three of the best 20 players over the last 25 years? Randy Johnson, Ken Griffey, and Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, all three of They're them. all in the Mariners at the same time. And you let all of them go for... Carlos Guillen. Mike Cameron? Yeah. And <laughs> Freddie Garcia. There's one other guy that came Mike over Cameron. with Mike Cameron, but I don't I don't remember the Mike Cameron trade no, no, as well. No, are worth them. No. Griffey left in ninety nine, so. Oh, so I was I was wrong. All right, so it was Randy Johnson, Griffey, A Rod. Yeah, because I knew they were all gone before 01. Yeah, I mentioned all of them stayed, and then Ichiro came in. Whew. That'd be naughty. <laughs> Have a lineup with Edgar Griffey, A Rod, Ichiro. I think they still. No, they had Buner. Yeah. Yeah. I think they said he wasn't as good. But then they also had the boon juicing yeah. up and dropping bombs. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Jay Buhner, Jay Buhner, Jay Buhner. Trucks, trucks, and more trucks. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Trucks? Uh, uh, 2001, he was there. So that was his last year. Yeah. Oof. What do you think is Jay Buhner's highest batting average was in this season? 240. 279. Oh, that's actually better than I thought. He only had 400 at bats that year. Uh, 272 was his highest batting ever. Oh, 270. Nope, 272. That's still pretty good for him. I thought yeah. he was more of a Adam Dunn dropping 40 bombs and hitting 240. Man, I think it's being a little kid. Like, Jay Buhner was not that good. <laughs> <laughs> I always think. But just, like, being a part of that 
the murderers row for a couple of years in Seattle. It was like, cause you had like Sorrento and A-Rod and Edgar and Griffey and Buner. This is like, there was a lot of power in that lineup. Yeah. And the whole Seinfeld thing. Yes. <laughs> you traded. Uh, what was the guy's name? Ken. Right. I don't Who got traded for Buner? Ken. Ken. I'm trying to go down here and see. Ken Phelps. I had the Ken part. I knew it. <laughs> That's pretty good. I would yeah. have got that. You traded Ken Phelps for Jay Buner. George yelling it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. All right. Um. Uh, so we ended up going weird. Me and Alex talked about baseball and went way longer than we thought we were going to. That never happens. Yeah. <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> so I think we're going to save all the football stuff for next week. Um, we're going to, we'll recap the conference championships. We'll talk about the Super Bowl, uh, dive into random stuff. It's been an hour, hour and a half. Maybe try and get some people on to talk about the game if they're interested in coming on. Um, just that way it's fresh in everybody's mind. Yeah. Um, that way we can kind of bring back up all the things that happened, help people remember. Um, just so it's fresh for people. And if there's no baseball news, we should be keeping it we should nice be good. and yeah. short. <laughs> we still got that bonus baseball podcast. Maybe we'll, I'll release that this week too. Oh. I just keep forgetting. <laughs> got forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. um, and you got some serious, serious ground to make up for gambling. Yeah, well, I I I went big <laughs> and ended up going up. We split. We both were one and one last week. Yeah, well, yeah. I, but, I kept trying to go big. Yeah, kept going, trying to go against. Hey, yeah, you're positive, so that's good. But I think we did it a couple years ago. We'll we'll find a couple funky uh, like prop bets or weird ones, so you can throw your money on like. Uh, I'm taking the 17 to one that they score between 60 and 66 points or something like that. I'm taking the chiefs win by 50. <laughs> <laughs> if oh. I get that one, I win everything. <laughs> okay. I'm good with it. Hey, if you want to take the chiefs to outscore the other team by 14 quarters, two through four, you got probably get decent odds on that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that's going to do it for tonight's, basketball and baseball episode with a little smidgen of golf thrown in there yeah. the mulligan yeah what was it college basketball nba basketball, basketball baseball can we talk about something else briefly what did we talk about <laughs> oh uh bocce ball bocce ball Dude, that was insane like did you see the whole throw I saw the end of it and I saw it curve in there. And split so it was indoor bocce ball. And the guy, th- like, so you play on grass. You can't really throw curveballs because yeah. it's grass. But it's like playing on turf. And you see the guy throw, like, it's like, oh, he missed way off to the right. And the ball just starts slowing down and spinning and spinning and spinning. And it goes in between two red balls and just kisses right up next to the white ball, gives them two points, and they take the lead. It's like, I've never been that interested in bocce ball. No, I was like, wow. That, I need to find ESPN 8 Dojo. I'm watching that. So. Hey, if you ever want to see weird sports, just turn in to Scott Van Pelt because he's always got everything covered. Yeah. 
that dude cares more about like the excitement of sports instead of the media side of sports than anybody else at ESPN. Yeah. And it's fantastic. He needs to leave ESPN and start his own broadcast company. It'd be that's why like Bill Simmons is good because he just doesn't care. He works for HBO. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, it's like they don't care. Yeah. So Scott Van Pelt needs to go to like Showtime, something like that. It'd be funny. Then I gotta pay for Showtime. Just listen to all the podcasts. They're free. That's true. <laughs> all right. So let's think about something for you to end the podcast on as I get it all set up to end here. So I think we're good with baseball, basketball. We'll do some football next week. Um, maybe we'll talk about Tiger Woods winning for the eighth time at Torrey Pines. Hopefully some exciting golf this weekend. But I think that is going to do it for today's episode. Alex, why don't you uh, sign us off here? Sign us off here?